Welcome to All's Fair in Lava and Four. I'm Amanda. And I'm Anne. And we're here to tell you everything you want to know about everybody's favorite obstacle course game show, Floor is Lava. And we didn't discuss who was going to introduce Travis. Hi, I'm Travis. I'm here too. <laughs> hi, Travis. I'm Travis McRoy. I do things. I want to talk about this episode. I don't want to spend too much time talking about myself. Okay. <laughs> There's too much. Can you, for once... I don't want to spend too much time talking about myself. I was about to say, very out of character for you, but I'm I know. lean into it. I know. Well, I, I want to spend all my time talking about Chicklet. Oh my God, I loved him so much. I This group of the flight attendants, I have so many quotes written down for them. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Everything, everything they said, they were so thirsty. Is yes. like the best thing I can think of to come up with for what they were evoking. You know what? Uh, what struck me is that I I kept fluctuating between thinking they were actually funny versus thinking they think they're really funny, and I hmm. can't. I do not know which side I landed on. Yeah, I think this show straddles that line pretty much all of the time. I think you have to choose whether or not to lean into just letting it be camp and deciding that if you laugh, they're funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but they just kept saying things that it's like, man, if the, if that person was my friend, would I think like, oh, Chicklet, you've done it again? Mm-hmm. Or what I would be like, God damn it, Chicklet, <laughs> we get it. Yeah, it, it's it's a running theme in this uh, in Flora's Lava of. So, are you guys trying to launch a comedy career, or right. are mm-hmm. you just here having fun, goofing off with your friends? Now, I will say that this is only the second episode of Flores Lava I've watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I've watched episode one and episode five. And in episode one, I felt that everyone was trying really hard, especially the the, the triplets. The bros. Uh-huh. Yeah. They yeah. were trying really hard to look like they were having fun. Yeah. I thought that the flight attendants were legitimately having fun. Seem like they have a they they legitimately seem like they're they have a fun time together. Yeah. Yeah. They were definitely uh, they were definitely like a party vibe for sure. Yeah. There was one part where Michelle commented on having to look at Jocelyn's butt again. <laughs> that seemed like legitimately funny and also made me think Jocelyn and Michelle have some stories to tell about adventures the two of them have been on together. Mm-hmm. They've they've done some stuff in their time. <laughs> they did say they started out with what happens on the layover stays on the layover. Uh-huh. So That is my first note. And then I wrote, who did they murder? <laughs> right. Because I think it's easy to jump to, maybe that's about sex stuff, but maybe it's about cold-blooded murder. Yeah, maybe they just killed somebody. <laughs> Wow, this is our first team running for charity, and we've already accused them of murder. <laughs> Do you think if you're a team not running for charity, and you watch the episode, and you're like, we're going to go on a girls' weekend, and then you see the people before you're like, uh, we're going to donate all of our money to charity, you're like, damn it. We look yeah. like jerks. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a uh, we speculated in a previous episode of our show that the doctors and nurses not, they didn't tell us what they were going to do with the money mm-hmm. and they both did so bad that we're assuming that they were going to donate the money to charity or like oh. give it to a patient or something and they yeah. lost they lost so bad that they just edited it out. Yeah, they were like, we're not going to talk about this. <laughs> so I fluctuated specifically on how I felt about Chicklet a lot. Because mm-hmm. um, I felt like, let me tell you this. I felt like Chicklet was acting out a lot in such a way that I think Chicklet was an anchor and they could have won. They were doing great. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But here, okay. Now, you two have watched a lot more of this show than I have. I would say that we're experts, as a matter of fact. (laughs) So please, I want you to tell me your thoughts on this. Do you think that the contestants are told ahead of time, like, only one of you should be moving at any point? Hmm. I hadn't thought about whether they'd been told that or not, but it's entirely possible that they tried to warn people, like, now... We need to try to be able to keep track of what everybody's doing. Right. So, but it's such a bad strategy. Like, right. Yeah. But at any point, one person is moving and the other two are telling them what to do, which I always mean, seems to me like I, and listen, I'm not out there. You know what I mean? My floor isn't lava. But I would like to think if I was out there, I'd be like, I know I need to jump to the chair. What are you doing? I, I don't know. Some, like, some of them, some of them are pretty like aggressive like i think the the third run the total package guys like guy in particular was he was pretty much going for it at kind of the same time so i i do think that they probably didn't tell them that even though it's definitely like a production challenge for them to be able to follow everybody with the cameras but i i think probably that it's just happening because somebody wants to strategize and usually the person who's still the most is the one who's the most visibly scared that is true uh, especially uh, in, as you said, the, with the total package, uh, mm-hmm. the the third team member literally says, "My tummy hurts." I don't think he yeah. says tummy. Does he say tummy? <laughs> I don't remember if he said tummy or like stomach. Yeah, I don't remember. I'm going to say he said tummy. My tummy <laughs> he might as hurt. well have said tummy. But so because in this one, I think Michelle is an absolute champion. Right. Michelle is like through it before anybody else. She spends a lot of time waiting at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think you lose a lot of time with Chicklet because Chicklet is out there, makes it across, and then just keeps saying, like, no, you go, and I'm going to wait here. Yeah. As if that's a strategy. Yeah. And then says, I'm going back. And uh, it was just so, it was so difficult to watch him just stand there and complain the whole time (laughs) that he was stuck standing there i was like there's this is the easiest course i've seen yeah in my opinion uh because it's literally couches they're all close enough to each other with the exception of having to do the monkey bar uh canoes canoes everything is like super easy jumps uh and even the canoes in other courses they don't like terminate over a landing the way they do on this yeah. one mm-hmm. so it's so much easier and to have him just be like no the whole time versus yeah watching guy just fly through the entire course like it's no big deal <laughs> yeah right he was just through oh my god i uh, spoiler alert i love the total package yeah me too. i thought they were great <laughs> they were the only one of these three groups that i was legitimately like tense 
watch it. Mm-hmm. I think it was like when Guy was like on, it was when Guy was swinging from the first canoe to like get to the Africa table. And yeah. I was like, I stopped breathing for a second. I was like in it. And I think he was also the one who said he was going to rent it a giraffe for his wedding. <laughs> I was like, I love this. <laughs> this is great. Because what I pictured was a whole industry where somebody was like, well, I got this giraffe. Why isn't anybody renting this giraffe for their wedding? <laughs> like, do you know what I'm paying to house this giraffe? Giraffesforweddings.com. You know, like, this Why is you- this is my business. This is my dream. Why is nobody doing this? I had to get a two-story barn. Nobody's doing Nobody's <laughs> renting giraffes. There was also at the end. Let's go through a couple quotes here for yeah. the flight attendants. Okay, this is my favorite because I don't know what it means, and I think it was at one point Michelle just said, "Who is the swinger?" Uh, or now who's the swinger? Right now I wrote that who's one the down swinger? Too right, because it was definitely a like, oh, so you made fun of me for swinging, and now, uh, and now you have to swing from that thing. It was very much the vibe I got, but it also kind of sounds like. We've gotten into some weird stuff before, huh, mm-hmm. friends? <laughs> uh, there was also Sid on it, which they said so many times. Uh, quick, quick sidebar. The lowering of the canoe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That didn't seem helpful to me. No. It Well, so speaking as a person who genuinely can't do monkey bars anymore... I, I saw that as, as helpful because I definitely would have fallen off trying to swing. But it wasn't like flat. No, it wasn't no. easy. Still. It's very unstable. But I mean, it's unstable when it's hanging, too. And I think that's yeah. the main problem with those monkey bars is that because it's only attached to those two points, it swings forward to back and side to side while you're on it. And that momentum pulling against your momentum means you have to have way more upper body strength. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is, it is a wild, wild thing. There was also somewhere on the course that nobody ever touched where there was another rope with a crank that made me think that you could lower it sooner but nobody went there and in the announcements at the beginning they were like there are two places that you can interact Mm -hmm. with to make the course easier and it was clearly the rope that drops the net and then the crank at the end so that one apparently didn't do anything i was so mad that nobody that like Nobody found whatever the second thing was. And also at no point was the show like, here's what the second thing is. <laughs> but they like made a point of saying in the beginning, there are two things. And I was like, you sons of bitches. What is the second thing? Why are you just making now I'm now I'm looking. Now I care for some reason. <laughs> um I will say I've watched a lot of like uh Ninja Warrior, an American Ninja Warrior. Mm-hmm. And I will say that like things like the lowered canoe, I think are an example of it's probably easier if you just kind of run at it. If you just mm-hmm. kind of use it as like a, I'm going to take two steps on this thing and jump. Mm-hmm. Nobody had confidence in any of their jumps. Like I saw somebody jump like a foot and land like crouched like a little baby. Yeah. There were so many jumps. Like I feel like these couches were some of the easiest to jump through again. But like there were jumps that were clearly like, oh, you could have just taken a step there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, also, reach a around. Thing. Yeah. They say reach around a thousand times, they and they know they know what they're doing because, oh. like, Chicklet reacts and Michelle laughs and then says it again. Yeah, <laughs> Chicklet also was the one who went. You're just a couch jumper anyway. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That made me so like, wow, you guys get into some shit. Yeah, right. 
Um, oh, can we also talk about the Michelle is apparently like a two-time like international Taekwondo champion? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not nothing. I mean, that those competitions, as I understand them, are extremely competitive, and there are a lot of people involved. So that was a huge accomplishment to have won twice. Yeah, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, I also took a note here in the middle that I just wrote, Chicklet is going to die. And then I wrote at the end, I can't believe Chicklet survived. Against all odds. Yeah, the fact that he made it through the entire thing was just mind-boggling, because he was scared of literally every single step he had to take. Um. I'm going to let you guys talk for a little bit, but first I have one more question, just strategy-wise, because mm-hmm. I was thinking about this watching. Could you see a strategy working out where you had two really fast people who made it to the end and a really slow person who sacrificed themselves so that we get two across with the best time? Or mm-hmm. should the third mm-hmm. person always try to get across no matter how slow they are? I really think that the third person should try to get across because there have been so many episodes where it was decided by two people Yeah, that if a third person gets across, you're practically guaranteed to win. This is the first mm. time I think, I, I don't know for sure. I think this is the first time there have been multiple teams that got everybody across. I think so. Yeah, I'd have to double check, but I think so. I mean, it's not... It's less common. It's fairly common to get two people across. It is pretty uncommon to get three. So you're more likely to win if you get all three. Got Mm -hmm. it. Got it. Got it. But I mean, it's an interesting strategy. I would say that if uh, if I were on a team, I would volunteer as tribute to just kind of (laughs) fall in right away because I would probably be the chicklet in this situation of like, um, why why don't you guys just go and I'll stay here and 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 uh, prove to me that it's easy. Do you think they tell them? Do you think if like somebody goes through and they get all three across, then they're like, "Hey, if 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 one of you goes down, we're just going to stop your run." Yeah, I would assume that they don't, because we get the impression very often that these are not filmed sequentially and like mm-hmm. potentially maybe even not on the same day as the other teams, and so there there's a certain amount of like. I think they got to let everybody play it out because, you know, the scene at the end, oh, they didn't do it in this episode. They didn't have the, like, award handing no, off they didn't do scene. Yeah, I don't know why not. They they cut that. I guess maybe the runs took a little too long and they didn't want to cut any of the runs. Yeah, well, with the exception of uh, our fierce ladies on fire who uh, mm-hmm. were done. Like, that's all we have to say is that they <laughs> existed and they were in this episode. I did not care for them one bit. No, they were so, ugh, I don't know. They did not one they did not seem at all fierce. No. Um, to, there was nothing fierce about them. Um, the, here's the only, like, two notes worth anything in this section that I took was, one, I would be a better host. Um, oh, we can get into that. And two, oh, no, Sherry is dead. <laughs> yeah, my only notes, uh, other than, oh, my gosh, it just ended, was... They did so much, like, physically touching each other to try yes. to, like, hand each other off mm-hmm. to uh, the next thing, including, like, they're clearly just taking a step, but why don't we all touch you on the leg to make sure you get there? Right. There was one part where the, the non-sister one specifically said, I'm going to grab your butt to help you. <laughs> yep. At which point, if I was the other one, I would say, no, thank you. Okay. I think that's going to be more distracting than it is helpful. <laughs> 
I don't know. Maybe the the subtext here is that the two sisters are competing for Annie's affections. Oh, that's maybe, definitely it. Maybe this was like basically a, a weird date gone wrong. Who knows? Oh, Can boy. I tell you, the sad thing is uh, I also thought that because as soon as I saw that, I was like, there is no way that two people can be equal friends with a third. And so definitely one of these sisters is closer friends with Annie than the other one is. And they yeah. all know it. And everybody now, knows it. Let's see what happened. And that's why Sherry died. Yeah, she fell yeah. because she knew that she wasn't loved. Yeah, she she <laughs> she made room for the other two. And mm-hmm. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, you know, it was, it was a real sacrifice mm-hmm. of, you know, not having to keep playing too long. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, because of that, I, I was watching the episode and I finished uh, the, the flight attendants run and I went, we are 16 minutes into yeah. a 30 minute mm-hmm. episode. I kept looking. I kept checking that as well. <laughs> they, they couldn't possibly have cut Chicklet both ways across the wall going, no, 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 no. Right. Which I would say from a psychological standpoint is maybe something he should work on. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. don't tell yourself the whole time that you're going to fail because it will probably freak you out more. I Definitely. Wonder if that could be like Rutledge Woods more uh, getting more involved in the show. Uh, option is like trying to cheer people on because he clearly has the like monitor system that goes over the loudspeakers mm-hmm. because he talked to uh he to talked Bryson. to the total package yeah, yeah. he talked I, to Bryson to be like you gotta go dude I'm sorry y'all but there's no way that's piping in live it was probably somebody else and they dubbed it the, yeah. it is definitely a producer that's true there is no way if we if you are not this is like. If you are not seeing, this is what I assume about all TV. If you are not seeing the person on screen, they were not being paid to be there that day. (laughs) Because I have a theory that I think the theory is the third person is told to wait. Hmm. Because Hmm. otherwise, consistently, why is the third person, in all three of these, uh, the third person just stood there while the other two got like halfway across. And I think... It has to be told like, hey, we need talking. We need you guys to be communicating openly. You can't just move quietly. You can't just go. You can't just go on your own. This That is uninteresting. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure like there is communication between somebody. So somebody needs to be the coach. Like it has to be that, right? Because otherwise you would get one run where like all three people would just start moving. Yeah. And they wouldn't say anything for like yeah. the entire run. I do assume that there is some like coaching going on e- while they're doing the run, even if it's just, you know, a producer or somebody right. being like, hey, 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 wait, or hey, you haven't said anything in a while. Could you? Yeah, you right. Know, something. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that does make sense. I hadn't thought about it, but that does make sense. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they're also coached to be like, hey, we need you guys to pretend like the floor is lava. And I know that <laughs> that's like the conceit of the game. But if you don't like buy into because at one point somebody's foot like brushed the water and they yep. went, ow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It was one of the total package guys. I wrote that down because he was like, it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right. I actually then I wrote down. Is the water hot? Because <laughs> that would be a weird thing if there was like the floor is lava. And also we know it's water. So it's boiling hot. <laughs> I think it's psychological. I think the combination of the fact that it kind of glows, that it's not really water, it's like viscous, and that they have smoke machines so that it kind of looks like it's steaming. I think maybe it gets in people's brains and they don't have to tell them to act like it's hot. I think somehow their brain is like, it's hot. 
Okay. I, I like that each run starts with Rutledge Wood saying, because the floor is, and then he leaves it open. And for the fierce ladies on fire, they kind of went, lava? Yeah, they were very confused. They were unsure what the prompt was. <laughs> uh, there was lava? an episode, I want to say it was episode two or three. Mm-hmm. Where one of the teams just straight up said "hot." They were they had no idea what the prompt was trying to get them yes. to say. Yes, they so were committed let me... when they said it. Yeah, they they very much leaned in. They're like, "The floor is hot." Like, no, did were they corrected? No, they carried on. I mean, yeah. in the in the VO after the fact. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you why I'd be a better host. Let's do it. Here's what Rutledge Wood is missing. He's delivering these lines, which some of them are kind of funny, but most of them are groaners. Mm -hmm. But he has no wry smile as he delivers them. He He sounds very (sighs) earnest. He sounds very like, and wow, isn't that a fun thing you said? Like, so chipper. I noticed in the flight attendants one, like... Like everything he said was was a like somehow a flight airplane related pun, mm-hmm. and but like in locked in the upright position, there was no mm-hmm. like, I, like I know that what I'm saying is dumb, but also kind of funny. Like it was like it's locked in the upright position. I'm like, yeah. oh, but do you know that's a joke? You know that's a joke, right? I wrote down like four of those because he did a lot for the flight attendants. He said. Yeah. Oh, no, that was Chicklet. Chicklet said, like, four of them, where he was like, call the captain. Pillows right. aren't flotation devices. <laughs> like, all this other sort of stuff. But, yeah, he he seemed... Rutledge seems to have a, uh, a weird obsession with, yeah, not understanding the jokes he's saying. Right. He just, he just absolutely just says it as though it's a normal sentence to say and does right. not give you anything mm-hmm. as the audience to, like, find it funny. <laughs> I also, listen, not to critique this show, but I'm going to. You're supposed to. You need a live host. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do this, you should be cutting to play-by-play, mm-hmm. right? Like, that that would be way more interesting to me to see, like, two people bantering and reacting yeah. to, like, did he just say reach around? Like, that would be way funnier to me. So genuinely, Anne, this mm-hmm. is, I'm telling you this in front of people so that you have to do it with me. When we're done with this show, I want to do this, but for holy moly, because that's what it is. It is Wipeout mixed with mini golf, and they have uh, Rob Riggle and an actual professional golf commentator doing this. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. You can't I, miss with Rob Riggle. You yeah. cannot miss with Rob Riggle. I've always said that. You've heard me say that, Amanda. Oh, yeah, you of know. course. Okay. Many times. <laughs> I'm picturing Rutledge Wood like on a tiny boat with a little captain's hat, just like paddling through the lava while all of this is happening. And I do kind of like that if he was just shouting yeah. like, uh, you glow girl, which was one of the ones what? that I wrote oh, down, yeah. which I hate. I mean, I think he's maybe like he's trying to deliver them the way he is because there's this line with these puns of whether it starts to sound kind of condescending and mean. Maybe and maybe he's trying to not to, to ramp that back so it doesn't seem like he's being judgmental of the fact but that he people should are doing be. this. But <laughs> but he should be. That's the thing is there were a couple moments where the lines written for him were mm-hmm. clearly judgmental. Yeah, where they were it was intentionally like, mean. He's I guess he's going back. I don't think that's a very good strategy. But he delivered it like I guess he's going to go back. Doesn't seem like a very good strategy. And it was like, do you? Yeah, hey, that was so sarcastic. Like. 
what are you doing? This is why I'm saying you need two hosts. Mm-hmm. You need the upbeat, like, they can do it. And we're going like, what are they doing? Good like, cop, because, bad cop. Yeah. Right, because they have him doing both. And I think instead of either being positive or being snarky, he's just being loud. And it's <laughs> and he's not really nailing either one of them. And so, like, I want, give me a little, like, balcony that's looking down on this room so they could see it from above. And they're, like, commenting on it live. Like, because we need the energy of, like, when someone goes in the water of watching a human being react to that. Mm, Like, like it was just, you know, a perfect game or, like, you know, a a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Like, where's the energy of, like, oh, she's in the water? Like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah. I want to watch a human being stand up, lifting a microphone, going, they did it. And it like, would, I'm, you're not getting any of that. And it would the- also lend itself so much more to the like lack of sense of urgency that right. the teams seem to mm-hmm. have. We're like having people in the room constantly being like, oh, boy, that's a tricky choice. I don't know right. if I would do that. And having them have the pressure of like people watching them in the room, I think would just have a world of difference on the teams and like their motivation to keep going i think Mm -hmm. that that is the thing that i and let me tell you let me be straight up i enjoyed watching this there are many (laughs) points at which i was very in it as i've said earlier the total package i was in it for them i I was holding my breath for a lot of it but i think what the show needs more of is context Mm -hmm. so like having people like having their family watching the video like watching it live so they're like react like their parents are watching you know going ooh, right something <laughs> where i see a reaction to it mm-hmm. that where there's some kind of drama and tension being built not i think you're asking a lot of the three contestants to carry all of that to build all of that themselves that get, can be a little tiresome like i don't think i could binge this and and get as much out of it every episode. Mm-hmm. I think it would have to be a show that you watch one episode at a time and then kind of reset your emotional like barometer to be like, I'm ready to pretend like this is tense again. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, there's a reason this is a weekly show, despite the fact that all 10 episodes are out already. Right. Um. <laughs> uh, I will say, uh, I would love, love, love a documentary special about the production team yes. for this. Mm-hmm. I just want to see what that space looks like without any liquid in it. I There was somebody uh, uh, replying to one of our episodes uh, a couple weeks ago saying that there are like GoPros on little remote controlled boats yeah. and stuff in the lava, like taking footage that is clearly never used. I want everything <sighs> from those. I yes. want to see all of it. Can I tell you, so the one other episode I watched, and you didn't get this in this episode, because as soon as Sherry went in, they ended, because I assume Mm -hmm. she really died. Um, (laughs) But in the first episode, when I watched it, when somebody went in, they were just gone after Mm -hmm. that, and that is a level of, uh, uh, I don't know, story that I really do enjoy. (laughs) It's like, hey, your brother's dead. Now get over to those steps. (laughs) Yeah, it was the most horrifying thing. In in every episode, when people go under, they are clearly requested to like fully go under, be as dramatic as you want, and then they just disappear and nobody acts like anything (laughs) happened. Well, one of two things happens there, right? Either it is so deep that they're able to like swim out without coming back up or whatever, mm-hmm. or way more likely they go in 
Oh, camera cuts. They stand mm-hmm. up out of the water, dripping wet with whatever this viscous orange liquid is. They go, <laughs> okay, sorry, guys. Uh, I'll see you in the green room. And then they just trudge out while the other two, like, freeze. And then they, like, climb awkwardly out of this goo. <laughs> and then they roll camera again. For the sake of the contestants not having to do that walk of shame, I really hope it's deep enough that there are rescue divers or something that have to come yeah, get right. them just to be safe. Or just there vacuum tubes that <laughs> they get, take them right out. There are divers underneath with like scuba tanks, like just gonna make them sit down there and breathe yeah, until the over. <laughs> stay here, you failure. Because how deep do you think it is, right? Because well, when they go in, they're gone. Yeah. They said at the beginning that it's 80,000 gallons in that. Uh, I in could, that... Yeah, I could do that math because they did say how big the room is and then okay. how much how much lava is in there. But I'm not. I can, no, I'm out of school. I don't have to do that math anymore. That's right. That's, not, that's not your job. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But like the reason that I said this about the production team is the little book on top of the, the, the shelves said Pompeii. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. It was a good yeah. touch. Yeah. They have a lot of really small things like that. Like I think uh we've seen all of the rooms now in our in our run through of uh lava and floor here. Mm-hmm. I think so. And and all of them have like these adorable small touches. I mean, even the last episode there was some Chinese food on a table with like fortune cookies and the fortune cookies were real and had fortunes in them that had to do with the game it was amazing it's so that's brilliant yeah yeah the people who do the sets for this definitely put like a lot of thought into it like there's a big rhino in the corner of this room and there was a lot of rhino on the bed in the bedroom so there's some continuity between the rooms i hadn't thought of that that's adorable i will say one of the things that was weird design wise Mm -hmm. is they're like yes this is the study and here's a chair Here's a bookcase, canoes, okay, and a giant table shaped like Africa. <laughs> I actively sat there going, why Africa? Mm-hmm. Like, why? I, I guess as far as a continent goes, it is the most usefully shaped like a desk. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, South America's not bad, I guess. Yeah. Australia is a bad. good shape. Yeah, that's just, true. So Australia is a good shape, but not if you want that like kind of you know one eighty style desk. I guess like, that's true. This was very much for one of those like power users who's going to have their computer on one side and then like a drafting table on the other side or something wild like that. I guess it was just so specific. It was very specific and, and very huge. Confusing. Yeah, like compare like the chairs weren't oversized; they were just regular mm-hmm. sized chairs and couches. But then the, I'm just saying the scale was way off. Mm-hmm. Well, there was more than one laptop, so I guess we can assume maybe they have employees and they like work uh, from their home or something. Maybe it's a shared workspace mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know? Yeah, I feel like that's very tasteful for a shared workspace then. I mean, that's the best <laughs> option that you could have. Uh, I will also say, perhaps one of the most confusing sentences I've ever heard in my entire life is when the total package was introduced and they were introduced as soon-to-be-married cousins. Yeah, it was very uncomfortable. I was like, so to each other? Are we talking? For a second, I thought to each other. And then for some reason, my brain processed it as they are all about to be cousins in law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, they're very close for that. And I was like, no, they're all cousins who are all separately getting married. Yeah. I guess I w- at the same time. Yeah, I was really into uh, one of them wanted to hire boys to men. Like yeah. that mm-hmm. entire 
concept for them of like, okay, here's what we're going to do with the money. Get a giraffe. Yeah. Hire boys to men. Get a yacht. I was like, I don't, I don't know what you think you're getting as a prize for this yeah. game. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing, right? Another snarky comment. Then Rutledge Wood says, I don't think they know how much $10,000 could buy. But he didn't say it like that. He said, like, I don't think they know how much $10,000 could buy. Like, he Golly. sincerely didn't think so. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. Oh, Rutledge. No, oh, buddy. So, Travis, I want to tell you this. I had a nightmare last night. Oh? Yeah. That uh, we were at a Mabim Bam live show. Uh-huh. And y'all were doing Mabim Bam for Act One. And then Anne and I were going to have you on as a guest for this show uh-huh. after intermission. Okay. And Rutledge Wood was one of the people y'all called on for an audience question. <gasps> and he, I don't even remember what his question was, but he had this really intense British accent. Okay. Which also threw me off. And I was just sitting in the wings with Anne panicking because we talked so much crap about Rutledge Wood <laughs> on this show. And we were about to go have to do a live version of it. Uh, right in front of him. And then I was like, well, do we bring up the accent? Do we ask him about it? Do we just bring him down? Do we boot Travis? And I had a, a real uh, anxiety moment. And then I woke up. Huh. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think it means? <laughs> <laughs> I think it means that I'm scared of Rutledge Wood. That's Anne fair. told me today that he is on Twitter. She he found is, him. Yeah. Uh, and now... I feel like this is going to be my life trying to figure out how to like subtly through the internet coach him into being a better host for this show. Well, yeah, let me say, and I don't have as much experience with, with you all do, but I do not necessarily think he is a bad host. I think he's miscast. Mm-hmm. And I also think like he needs, he needs another like, yeah, that th- there is no there is no other to him. So like, just in this episode, they were like trying to get him to do snarky and positive and and and. And I think yeah. he can't. I think it would be impossible for any one person to nail that. I I also think to his credit, and I mentioned earlier about a snarky kind of delivery on the jokes. I do think that if the host they had gotten was doing that on every line you would start to lose a lot of the buy-in of like, Mm -hmm. this is honestly exciting. This is honestly, the stakes are real here. Like he does a good job of selling the stakes because I think he is like committed to the bit. Mm -hmm. I think he just isn't nailing the humor because he is being so effusive in such a way that you're like, I do not get like, does he think this is funny or is he just being loud? Yeah. He, they're clearly throwing spaghetti at the wall with this show because mm-hmm. every episode is a little different, uh, especially like the intros. Last week, they had this weird uh, kind of like, like a newsreel sort of silent yeah. film thing at the oh? beginning, which was completely yeah. and they only do it in that episode and never again. Never again. Weird. And then this time they had him in the room doing the like explaining how the game works announcement which has never happened before he's always like vo'd that uh while you look around the room and and occasionally they'll have a little scene of him in the room but he's never been there trying to like actually explain something on camera and so i just think they 
they just didn't know what they wanted from him enough for him to have good direction. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's just a certain amount of like, he was doing the best he could with the, the angle he was told to take. Mm -hmm. You know what? So I'm, I'm looking it up, right? So this show is not based off of another show. No. Which usually something like this is like, there is a British version or Japanese version or Korean version or whatever. Or Australia version. And this this seems like this is like a wholly new creation. So I guarantee that you are absolutely correct. That they like filmed an episode and they're like, uh, what about this? And then they filmed an episode and then they said, uh, what about this? And then they filmed another episode. Like that it was all that they were like changing stuff as they were going. Because there's, like, you can't do table reads of something like this. (laughs) You can't do a pilot, right? So, like, they were, I guarantee they were just, like, making it up as they went along. And then they probably arranged the order of episodes different and then, like, did the second half in whatever order or or whatever. They put it in whatever order they thought was best. So Mm -hmm. that's why in the middle of nowhere there will be an element that wasn't used before. Because it was probably something they did in like the first or second episode and then cut. Yeah, and they then... changed they changed the course too, because they, they have Rutledge do the intro and the graphic shows that there's another way across this room that you can go towards the rhino and they show a ledge in one of the intro shots along the wall underneath those canoe paddles, um, like behind where the net would be by the door, so that you yeah. could get to that ledge. But the ledge is completely gone in the runs that we see. So Whoa. they must have decided for whatever reason, like either we don't want to give them this option or maybe the jumps to the rhino turned out to not be safe because it seems like something you wouldn't want to land on um my for bad. whatever reason they must have dropped it i think i think it's cinematography right mm-hmm. because like back that far like i because the, i so i i was um a technical director for a theater for a couple years mm-hmm. and like the one of them like referenced the rhino and my first thought is that area is not well lit mm-hmm. like <laughs> they focused the lights on like the pathways that they could take and that to me seemed too far upstage too far like out of focus that if someone was back there they would seem completely out of the action Hmm. yeah there's probably some issue with the design of the obstacles from one room to another even though they've used that corner in some of the other rooms they didn't necessarily have the hanging obstacles in the sort of foreground effectively Mm -hmm. of like where the cameras are and they may have literally just blocked the view so that they couldn't effectively film at that angle Uh, yeah that That would be my bad because once once i thought about that once the net was down that is one thing i'll say about the layout of this course once the net was down you couldn't easily get around it Mm-hmm. Like it was like clearly you have to use the net. Like there, I I felt like it was like what pathway are you taking to get to the net? Yeah, right. Um, because like everybody ended up on the net one way or the other, and then they had to awkwardly work their way around to get to the uh to the canoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that net was a was a big piece, all things considered. And yeah, it, they made it seem like you could get around it in the intro thing, but you clearly couldn't. Man, I hate climbing on nets. If I saw that, I would be so pissed off because they like give. So like you stand on them and like the whole thing like squeezes towards you. Mm-hmm. So like you can't like shimmy on it or whatever. And like it's ugh, I'd be so annoyed. When uh, Michelle's foot got caught in it, I was just panicked. Because yeah. I was yeah. like, this is why nets suck. Right. I don't want to do this. Ugh. That was the only moment where I thought somebody's going to get legitimately hurt. 
Like oh, she is boy. going to fall off this thing and it is going to like twist her ankle. Because mm-hmm. that's what I will say. Watching this, uh, there is an element of legitimate danger in all of these. Because mm-hmm. like they're not wearing helmets. So if they like jump on the Africa desk and slip, they could easily crack their head on the corner of that. Yep. Like it's yeah. is wood. They're standing on it. Oh no, it's, it's not. not wood. Yeah, it's it's oh? a really it's like a really high density EVA foam of some kind with like a urethane skin. I'm not sure what exactly, but I've seen it in the other obstacles when they're up close. There's a lot of things that look like they might be like a, a higher density foam or something. Like it's definitely like um you know, like martial oh, arts God. mats kind of stuff. There was um when Guy was struggling to get off of the first canoe. Yeah. I think it was Guy. Uh, and he couldn't quite get to the Africa desk. You can see his foot kind of squish the edge of oh, it. Oh, that makes me of... feel so much better. Because yeah. yeah. I thought it was just like a big hunk of wood. And I was like, this is a terrible no, idea. That would be, no, that'd be awful. Because they'd at least have to put people in mouth guards. Because if you hit that on the corner, like on your chin, bye right. by teeth. I mean, it would be right. very bad. Yeah, that would be rough. Uh, one last quote. I, I want to make sure I didn't forget is um, when the last Total Package member was making it across the canoe and he was just saying over and over again, I'm a heavy boy. Because like, <laughs> I was having a hard time steadying the, the canoe and he just kept saying, I'm a heavy boy. I'm a heavy boy. I'm a heavy boy. <laughs> I enjoyed that immensely. They were all wonderful. I have a very longstanding uh, love for like the very broy teams on mm-hmm. this show. And of course, the Total Package was that for me in this episode. I'm glad to know I've had one every episode now. Well, I, I will say, I, I, as far as competitors go, it's mm-hmm. going to be hard, and I will continue now to watch this show, for anyone <laughs> to displace Guy yeah. at the yeah. top of my list. Because <laughs> like he just, what I loved about him was he went for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, well, if I'm going to do this monkey bar thing, I'm going to do it. If I'm going to yeah. swing on this thing, I'm going to do it. If I'm going across these candelabras or whatever, these sconces, I'm going to do it. So yeah. like, he didn't really hesitate. Once he like decided this is the path I'm taking, he didn't hesitate to do it. Yeah, and I loved he was that. wonderful. I really respected that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Travis, uh-huh. traditionally, we ask our ask our guests if they are uh if they were to be on this show Mm -hmm. who would their like celebrity dream team be with you so here's the thing a lot of people have said they would like to see the mackerel brothers on this Mm -hmm. we would not do well no (laughs) no i would let me be clear i would Uh, maybe tell don't tell Justin or Griffin, but I'm pretty sure you'd be the only one to get across. Right. I was watching the monkey bar part being like, I could do that. But I am also uh, a little clumsy. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know. So I I would not take my brothers on this show. And let me say this. This is not at all an endorsement of the man. Uh, I don't know that I would want to hang out with him. I don't even know that he's a good person. But I think Tom Cruise would be a good partner. In this, mm-hmm. he uh, he's agile, uh, does his own stunts, yeah, and he seems like he would be uh, really encouraging. Yeah, uh, maybe off-puttingly so, but there we are. <laughs> and then I think Brie Larson, I think Brie Larson would yes. be fun to hang out with. <laughs> I think it would be awkward when we won, and then like Brie and I made plans for like celebratory burgers or whatever. And Tom Cruise was like, Hey, can I come? And we're like, Oh, I don't think so. Tom Cruise. (laughs) I don't know that I want to hang out with you socially, but you did a great job out there. I think that would get weird. 
Yeah, that's fair. Uh, this is the second episode in a row now. Somebody's uh, pegged Brie Larson, mm-hmm. and I think it's she's absolutely the right pick. Well, I follow her on Instagram, and half her videos are about what a beast she is. So, like, <laughs> why would I not go with Brie? She seems cool. She seems fun. She's an absolute beast, right? Like, yeah. why yeah. would I not go with Brie Larson? Yeah, she's amazing. I just love her so much. Sorry, now you got me thinking about how great Brie Larson is, and I got very distracted <laughs> right. from the show. Right. <laughs> and yeah. listen, I'm not. I can't stress enough. I don't want to hang out with Tom Cruise. Oh yeah. If there's one thing you take away from this episode, let it be that I do not want to hang out with Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, great. So. Travis, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Thank you for making me watch this show. Yeah, I'm glad that you did, and I'm glad that you liked it, because it brings me just this little piece of joy every week Mm -hmm. now, and and I like that. Uh, Is there anything you would like to plug or anywhere you want people to find you? Just go to macro.family. It's all there. Cool. Thank you to Dr. Popular for the use of his track Lava as the theme song of our show. You can find more of his stuff on Bandcamp, and we've linked that in the description below. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, all's fair in lava and floor. Roar! Oh, no, I did not get far enough away from my microphone. <laughs>